Hello everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to the uh, first part in a new multi-part podcast series uh, looking at the book, Where Did You Learn to Behave Like That? written by Sarah Hill. And funnily enough, around the microphone, I have the author herself. Sarah, say hello, Sarah. Hi, hi everyone. So um, just as a quick uh, warning, uh, Sarah is my mother. (laughs) So I will call her mum at points and I'll try and call her Sarah as well and I'm not used to that kind of Sarah, uh, professional dynamic I hope you're okay with that I'm completely fine and I actually I really like that you and I are doing this together because it's a it's a book about childhood story and you're my son so and I'm your mother so it's... so you know it better than I do well <laughs> I don't know about that but <laughs> well you lived it more than I did in what way? Well, I was there, but I don't remember what I was doing when I was one or two. Oh, no, that's true. So you'll true. remember all that's of that true. kind of stuff. <laughs> that's true. You, we will have different memories, different different recollections about yeah. your, what's your childhood story. My, mine's all rage at, be, <laughs> at, at having to be born, <laughs> I, I recall. <laughs> I just have an overwhelming feeling of rage. I don't think I was ready, was I? No, I think you were um, quite happy where you were and not, not so keen to to actually be born yet no (laughs) but yes as you say the book is about childhood story um so we'll just jump straight into it then so can you give us a a quick overview of what the book is about yes of course um so it's it's a book that's a, a guide for coaches primarily in in working with leaders and their childhood story and it's based on this idea that all of us have a childhood story of imperfect love so experiences where which can be the smallest moments of disappointment or betrayal or um, or loss right the way through to the gravest abuse that happens um, in in family systems and um, and, and elsewhere and it's this idea that um, our behavior as an adult um, is, uh, is is ref- is reflect that childhood story is reflected in our behavior as an adult and and that particularly happens when we're under pressure or in high stakes um, because we're not so in command of ourselves. All right. So tell us a little bit more then about um, childhood story then and what that kind of work means to leaders that are trying to develop. So I think that a leader who is really in command of themselves behaviorally is a great leader. So somebody who can actually read a situation um, uh, in terms of what's happening behaviorally in others, but also in themselves. Um, and so to be able to do that, we need to, the leader really needs to know themselves. And that's, it's true for others as well, not just leaders, but that, that the leader or the individual needs to really know themselves well, know themselves broadly and deeply, including um, the behavior that they're perhaps not so proud of. Um, and again, as I said, we we all have that kind of behavior. So those moments where we all exhibit exhibit that kind of behaviour. So those moments where we walk away from a situation and we perhaps feel some shame or embarrassment about the way that we reacted. Um, and so a leader who is in, who knows themselves well, themselves well is in command of that behaviour is, as I, I, I believe, a, a great leader. Mm, no, I completely agree. Um, so the kind of money, the big money question is, does this book help leaders to recognize that about themselves yes it gives them a conceptual framework to understand um the the model the the um what the model is based on or the approach is is based on 
it also gives practical um, guidelines and tips and tools and processes techniques if you like for ways of actually beginning to work on their childhood story so as I said before um, it's um, it is primarily a, a, a guide for working with lead, working with leaders so a guide for coaches to use but the feedback that we're having on the book is that leaders themselves are are, are, um, are getting great benefit from from using the book um, independently so it's for everyone really. yeah it is really it's for everyone because it's also for the coaches themselves to do work on their own childhood story hmm. um, because there's a very strong message in the book which is that if we are going to do work with others in this territory then we should also do work on ourselves we should know ourselves well absolutely yeah no i completely agree and i'm i'm not a coach i'm i'm a trainer mm. which in a way does have some similarities mm. um but um having read i'm about halfway through mm. um and i recognize things within it that i'm just like oh that's really interesting and it informs the way that i teach when, mm. I'm, when I'm training um, so yeah it's it's absolutely a book for for everybody not just not just for coaches mm. and not just for leaders mm. and that's where mm. I mean stop me if you think I'm wrong but that's where I think the beauty of the book lies is mm. that not only does it give you that framework if you want to apply it it also makes you go huh yeah that's a revelation about myself yes yes I, I, um, we've had so much feedback from um, people who've been re reading the book and having those insights and realizations as they've been going through it. So spotting something about them, themselves and um, in a really helpful way, in a way that they can actually do something mm. uh, with that insight, something practical. Um, it's had quite an impact actually, at quite a deep level as well, which um, was a hope that I had in writing the book. Um, and part of the reason why I included my own story, my own childhood story in the book, um, was was about enacting what I'm espousing in the book, but it was also about um, uh, embodying that depth of working on the self and 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 what's possible in actually going there and daring to go there, daring to look at at, at your own childhood story um, and how that is serving you well now as an adult, but also um, um, how it's where it's not serving you so well anymore. Mm yeah no uh, and i guess on that the question i just wanted to ask hearing you talk about it was um writing the book did that have as a profound an impact on yourself as the book has had on people reading the book yeah sure absolutely um uh, unquestionably um and you know i there was the whole process of doing the work myself on my own childhood story, which took place over several years, um, and then um, all sorts of decision-making points around what to share, how to share um, aspects of the story. Um, it's it's quite a big story in in, in places, um, and so it it evoked some very powerful feelings of of shame, of embarrassment, of fear, and so on, which are absolutely. Um, core features of doing this work um, but so it presented me with a dilemma or multiple dilemmas at various different points but again I just kept coming back to um, if, if I'm advocating that this is the work that we should all do on ourselves then I need to be willing to go there and to do that myself too um, and that includes writing about it um, and I can remember um, 
at the end of last year at William James College in Massachusetts in the US. Um, I was thrilled because they invited me to go there to launch the book um, just immediately after it had been published. And at that uh, session, at that book launch, I, I, I read extracts from the book, including parts of my childhood story. And that was very profound for me. That had a big impact on, on me actually giving voice to parts of the story that had been shrouded in shame previously. But actually here I was able to actually speak about them and speak, speak openly about them. Um, and in turn, I believe that had a, an impact on the people who were in that group at that event. Mm. Yeah. Now, it, it, I mean, speaking as your son, mm. reading it, um, it has a profound Im- impact on myself as well. Mm. And, you know, as someone who knows you quite well. <laughs> Very well. Yes. I've known you for all my life. <laughs> um, I'm learning more about you mm. as I'm discovering it. And that, I think that's that's one of the big, biggest charms about it. Mm. I, I think, and I've spoken to um, a couple of colleagues who have picked up the book as well. And they've said they feel like they really know you mm. through reading it. Mm. And that's it's just a genuine, warm, genuine book. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's honest, mm. I think. And you know, actually, as I'm listening to you, um, I'm thinking about, so, you know, an inquiry, and we've talked about this a little bit before, about how, what, what, how was that for you in, in, in reading about the story or in us talking about some of my childhood story and um, and so on. Um, and then that sparked another thought, which is that um, a fear that can often come up for people in doing this work is that they will in some way betray a family member or, um, um, or shock or upset mm. members of their family or people who are, who are close to them in, in daring to go there and in daring to, to, to talk about what happened. So mm. what, what was that like for you? I, I, I wasn't, I, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. Mm. Um, I'm learning, I'm just learning more. Mm. Um, cause I think, and the message I would give to other people who have that worry mm. or about their, um, close ones, uh, uh, reading or listening or anything or having that act of betrayal is that they, it, I want, I, from my perspective, I want to learn everything about you as mm. my mother. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't know that person. I know you as you have always been mm. and actually the childhood story correct me if i'm wrong that informs the way you behave and then you and then you make a decision on how you want to yes. continue with that so if you know that you behave in a certain way as a symptom of your childhood story then you develop by not making that your uh, kind of stress reaction um your high stakes reaction and that's how you grow as a person yes uh, and i have seen that firsthand as your son mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um yeah. so i yeah. it's it's kind of like you find you 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 learning about that process as of how a movie was made mm. you know that's all in, mm. it's all interesting mm. but you it doesn't it doesn't change the final product mm. do you know what i mean yes so i've learned how you were made mm. or i'm learning how you were made as i'm reading 
Um, but I know you as a person. So I'm just finding out how you got there and finding mm. out your journey. Mm. And it's, it's in the past and you are who you are. Mm. Um, so, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it is a, there is a lot in there to take in. And you think, she went through a lot. Mm. I understand now. <laughs> I, you know, I, I get it. I get it why, you know, my, my mother is who she is. Mm. And of course, there's so much more. It's not just in the book. Yeah. And there's so much more that goes on and on and afterwards. But yeah, yeah, it's, 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 I, I, it's not something to be afraid of. Mm. Definitely not. Mm. No. Mm. Um, mm. And I wonder if it's helpful to say a little bit more about, about, um, about the the concepts, if you like, so this idea we've talked a bit about, you know, there's a childhood story, and it's usually made up of a series of events um, over a period of time, um, and childhood is anything from naught, from mm-hmm. zero, right the way through adolescence to around 23, 24. So it's a long span of time, and it's not just made up from family experiences. Of course, it's you know all the experiences we have in schools and work and and so on in those early formative stages of our lives yeah but we have this these childhood this childhood story that's made up of these events and that's immutable that can't change that is my perception of what happened back then is my perception whether it's true or not is another matter but it's it's my truth and then as you were just describing um there's then this thing that i call in the book an old internal narrative that gets laid down and it it gets laid down as a result of that childhood story, so it might be things like um, to oppose is dangerous, or um, it's not, I'm not lovable when I'm angry, or um, any any one of a number of um, different statements. The, the old internal narrative tends to be conveyed as pretty absolute statements, mm. um, and they're it's like a, a set of beliefs really that a person has about themselves. Um, and the work to do is is not to change the childhood story because you can't you can't you can't no it's in the past it's in the past yeah but what you can do is you can change the old that old internal narrative so you can by writing a new one by writing a new internal narrative it says that actually there is a place for oppose it's yeah. it's not de- always dangerous to oppose um, it's okay to be angry uh, I am lovable even when I'm angry yeah and so on. Yeah. What's one, if you could take one thing from the book about you in terms of your old internal narrative, what would you, as an example, mm. what do you think you'd, uh, you'd pick out just, just for now? Mm, I think it's the strongest one is about opposition because I had a childhood story that was um, where growing up in a family where there was violence and abuse. Um, I got very confused growing up about um, about whether it was safe to oppose or mm. or to be opposed, um, and so my work then, you know, surprise surprise, in a way, over the years took me into more and more situations where I was in the um, I would be experiencing the oppose. So not least of all, a period of years working in the criminal justice system in prisons in the UK and in the US where there was a lot of oppose um, Mm -hmm. and um, and also working with teams and organizations in all sorts of different corporate systems and public sector systems where actually the work to do was to enable 
those teams to be able to oppose one another. So oppose has been huge for me throughout my life. Yeah. And so having an old internal narrative around it's dangerous to oppose or be opposed and with that confusion around opposition being in some way rage and therefore linked to abuse simply was not helpful. Oh. And so the new the new internal narrative is that um, to oppose and be opposed is a critical skill. It's a fundamental skill. Uh, and it's it's an important skill for all of us, actually. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. Yeah. It does the, and do you at ever times um, uh, kind of struggle to leave the old internal narrative behind? Oh, yes, absolutely. And, uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we call that retrenchment, where you, you where one kind of makes a change, mm. um, um, a behavioural change, and you know we're celebrating that, but we have to not celebrate too soon because um, all sorts of conditions, system conditions appear that actually trigger that old behaviour. And I don't think that will ever change. I think I will, you know, if, if we use me as an example, I think I will always be challenged to a degree by opposition. Mm. Um, I think possibly the leftover is when the opposition is covert. So you can sense it, you can feel it in the room, but yeah. it's not being articulated. Mm. That can actually trigger my old internal narrative. But because I know it, I can so easily catch myself and 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 do something about it, make a change, rather than years ago where I would either try and you know evacuate the building, yeah, or or become very silent and um, almost mute in the room because of being fearful around what might might happen hmm. that simply doesn't happen anymore no that's wonderful isn't it mm. yeah and this book yes helps you do that it will help others do will help others to do that yes absolutely yeah yeah and so one of the main questions that i think is raised with childhood story work is are you asking coaches to be therapists mm. and you actually tackle this really early on in the book mm. and um I'm, i just wanted to pick uh a, 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 a quick excerpt out that I've got here from Mark who's a coach um, and he says people hear childhood story and prickles go down the back of their neck but some of the best interventions are reasonably simple I don't want to underplay the work you need to do on self and the importance of training to be able to do this work but it doesn't need to be that daunting either don't be afraid you don't have to be the deepest most confident psychologist to do this work and give good value from it and you've got the next part, haven't you, that mm. explains yeah. more. So in presenting story work as an approach to employing coaching, I'm not setting out to compete with or critique therapy. Rather, I'm offering it as a methodology coaches can use to engage leaders in deep behavioural work on the self that potentially makes such work more palatable to a leader. The context is the accepted canon that successful executive leaders do not need therapy, or at least they don't admit to needing it. People in leadership positions are in those positions because of their ostensible ability to function. When you're at the top, it can be very hard to accept real help in general. After all, what do we pay you for if you need help in doing what you've been hired for? But it's particularly hard to even consider that you might need help with something deep down in your makeup, in who you are and how you operate. That something might need repair and you might need to do some work to become fully effective. This leads to individuals maybe being willing to talk about getting stressed or experiencing burnout, but the notion of admitting to the need for therapy is widely stigmatised as a kind of professional death sentence. 
whether that's right or not is another matter yeah <laughs> absolutely um but that is a phenomenon that shows up for sure yeah and i guess from childhood story work that can that can immediate that does immediately for some people create that link of oh it's therapy yeah that's my professional death sentence yeah. i'm not gonna I, I can't succeed yeah absolutely and and yet that that view exists and yet um we know that objectively that's crazy um and that many people in business government and in public life especially celebrities struggle mightily with functioning in the roles that they've worked so hard to achieve but just as we have taboos about speaking openly and pointing out deep behavioral differences in people we also have taboos about addressing the behavioral dimension of people in high office uh, just maybe say a little bit more about how is story work different to therapeutic intervention mm, yeah and it is the part of the model that is um relates to david Cantor's theory of structural dynamics so um this is a theory of face-to-face communication um, which enables us to be able to read the room behaviorally around what's happening and make interventions to change the nature of the discourse our own or others yeah. There are various different levels to this model, but which I won't go into now. But um, there is a direct relationship between those um, behavioural propensities that we have um, and our childhood stories. And so one of the biggest uh, differences uh, between story work and therapeutic intervention is that we're working in parallel with those behavioural structures and also the childhood stories. So you don't go back into the depths of the details of events with the purpose of treating a psychological or a behavioral disorder story work is really about acknowledging the existence of such events naming what they were exploring them in order to place them in time as well as understand the impact they had back then and may still be having now this is followed by going to work on writing the new internal narrative in a way that counteracts old patterns of reactivity preventing them from having such influence and power the book introduces practitioners to this vital and demanding work, and it does so by taking the reader into the depths of story work. Yeah, great. Well, I think that's all we've got time for for part one uh, of this podcast series. Um, thank you so much to everybody listening, and thank you, Mum, for uh, for sp- sitting down with me today. Um, I implore you to pick up a copy of this book, which you can do at www dialogics.co.uk forward slash shop um, and please tune in next time for more information as we delve deeper into what where did you learn to behave like that is all about thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon